What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop. On Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, the 2018 Supercross 450 Rookie of the Year, and a guy that's got an FMF system on his bike, Big Tall Benny Bloss. How's it going, big guy? Oh, it's going great. How about yourself? Hey, not doing too bad. It's a beautiful day here in Winnipeg. I don't know why I always tell people about the weather uh, when people ask me, but uh, I like because by the time they listen to this, it's either the next day or maybe in a year later. Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, everything's good by me, my friend. Uh, really busy, so busy in fact that I wasn't able to go to my closest national, which which was this weekend in Spring Creek. I had to miss it uh, in favor of a local race that I had to cover, but. Uh, how are things by you, my friend? It's been a uh, an exciting summer for you, uh, and, and basically a full bill of health this season, uh, except for uh, the the small hiccup at the beginning of the season. You kind of came into this season, this outdoor season, with a whole lot more head of steam than you did last year. Yeah, definitely. I uh, think I missed the first seven rounds last year. Yeah. So to uh, I think we're seven in now. So um, or maybe even more. I don't even. I don't know, but uh, no, definitely better, and uh, just trying to get better each week. Finally, having some some better motos, and I just need to put it together for two of them. Um, work on the consistency, for sure, and obviously making this uh, the transition from uh, four fifty Supercross to four fifty outdoors. Of course, you're you're. I think you're you're a bit of a, I wouldn't say a four fifty specialist, but you're you're a guy who who, who goes well in the four fifty. But uh, reality is. This season, you're probably having more gate drops this year than any year you've raced prior. Than maybe uh, other than maybe when you're very very young. Um, how's that? Uh, how's that working on the old body? Uh, like any uh, like anything you're having to do that you, you you wouldn't have had to do in years previous to kind of give the body some rest, recover, and uh, and get through these last. Uh, I guess it's another five nationals. Yeah, the body is definitely. You know, you can you can tell a big difference between doing just East coast supercross and outdoors compared to, um, the whole 450 season. I, yeah. I didn't even do all 17 rounds. I think I only did 
15 because um, of my injury in the beginning, but then right. 15 with 12 rounds of, of outdoors. And I, I want to say we only get five or six weekends off the whole year. Um, I don't even think that many. And that's just, I mean, that's a lot. Um, but no, I try to do as much stuff for my recovery as possible with, as far as I do a lot of cryotherapy, I do a lot of yoga with stretching and, um, compression boots and compression arm sleeves and just pretty much anything I can think of, um, to help with my recovery is, you know, that's a huge, huge part of it. And, um, I'm, uh, learning that more and more. For sure. Like, uh, I think one of the coolest things about you top flight athletes is your ability to go, go, go and work and work and work. It almost like a, uh, a, like a unworldly amount of workload that you guys can handle. Um, but on top of that, uh, you have to find time to, to recover the time to like recharge on Mars and actually, uh, shut it down every once in a while so that you can aid the body because, uh, like you can just, you can overwork yourself. You can work yourself into, uh, almost an anemic state where you're, you're not able to really, uh, like put out as much as you're, you're, you're trained to be able to do. Um, have you ran into any, any situations like that? Or maybe uh, on race day where you're like, wow, I was probably fresher on Wednesday than I was on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've actually had a few races this year where I've, um, just really haven't felt the best and then the the following week i've uh just kind of did less than what i would normally do and and more recovery and i've the more the season went on the more i realized that you know like i like i like to golf a lot and um i was golfing quite a bit and then i had to completely back it down and do none of it because it's you know being out in the sun all day and and um just so hard on your body especially anything extra compared to what we all like with what we already do um isn't really the the smartest thing so just kind of sit at home and and sit on the couch and you know play video games watch tv um it's boring but it's just kind of a part of what we got to do and um help with the recovery and and make sure we're fresher for Saturday. Absolutely. Whatever needs to happen so that you can secure yourself a top seven spot in the outdoor national point standings. Uh, And uh, so if you do flip on some, some video games, what are we talking? Are we talking like old school moto games, new school moto games, Fortnite? Please don't tell me you've played Fortnite. I've never played Fortnite in my entire life. Thank you. I don't plan to ever start. I have some friends who do it and not, not gonna even try it i do a lot of uh a lot of golf games a lot of basketball games okay uh madden i'll I'll play call of duty sometimes but no moto games my dog actually i had two copies of the the ama supercross um game and my dog broke those up so oh well yeah fair enough we're in we're in a similar boat my uh my my DJ style headset that I use to record uh, these podcasts is uh, down at the moment, thanks to uh, my dog running away with the cord wrapped around her leg, and uh, thus snapping <laughs> off the auxiliary cable. But um, dogs are awesome, though we love them. 
Um, she's listening. Um, but uh, yeah, so like a little bit of Madden. I think that being said, uh, at some point uh, next uh, January, February, when we're in California, we need to find a system. We need to find controllers and we need to, to throw down to see who's got the chops on the Madden because uh, I, think, I think I might have you beat there, big guy. Ooh, see, I don't, see, I don't know about that. I, uh, my mechanic lives with me, and he is a huge football fan. Okay, and he's, he's actually like gotten me into football. Like I enjoy watching it now, and I never wanted to play Madden, and he mm-hmm. got me to get it, and so I got it. And now it's to the point like when we first started, he would just crush me, and it would just kill me. I would, I hate it. I don't, I really don't like losing. No, especially at little stuff like that. Yeah. And now it's to the point where he won't play with me because I crush him so bad. Oh wow! So you're you're a quick study when it comes to uh, to picking plays in Madden. Might have to brush up before we square off. But uh, um, leading into this season, Benny, uh, there was uh, a t- honestly there's a ton of question marks as to what kind of uh, performances you're going to bring to the table. As you were, uh, you're still very very new to this. Like you basically backed up. Uh, a rookie campaign in the 250s with a rookie campaign in the 450s. Not many people do that. Um, what were your expectations on yourself leading into Supercross? Uh, did you exceed yourself whatsoever? And uh, what helped you get to the level you were able to be at, which was uh, basically perennially uh, right in the mix as far as the the top top 10, top 11 um, throughout the uh, throughout the season. Yeah, I, de- I mean, I def- the the season was good um, for for my rookie season. Um, going into the season bef- before my injury, I uh, really wanted to be top ten in points. Um, I you know I didn't get that done. I missed a couple rounds, and I finished the last couple rounds um, closer to where I wanted to be. I think I was eighth at the second to last round and sixth at the final round, which is where I felt I should have been um, the whole year. But uh, I had a lot of 11s. I think I had, I think maybe six or seven 11s. And those, like I, I, it, those were almost harder on me than the 14th because you're so close to the I'm top. So 10. close to the top 10, but yet so far away. Um, but overall, I think it, I think it was a pretty good season. I was, especially to end it good. Um, I was happy with that. Just uh, got to work on the consistency. And I feel like I would have had a completely different season if had I not had the injury. But oh. uh, that's part of it. For sure. Like you said, yeah, it's part of it. You you deal with it. You move forward. Um, but uh, the reality is you being, uh, as far as like somewhat, not would say new, but uh, less experienced than a lot of the guys you raced, uh, race with uh, in your class. Uh, I think it's 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 pretty incredible to see what you're able to to accomplish and uh, like moving forward, uh, race after race and uh, and just this last weekend or not this this last weekend but the weekend prior or two weeks prior. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. Red Bud a podium in a moto uh, and, and one that you well earned. That uh, that was that was a great performance and uh, one you probably got a circle on the calendar as a special uh, special day in uh, in your in your career. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, it was pretty wild, and it, like for any of the rounds to have my first podium. I know it wasn't a, an overall podium, but it was moto podium, and any round to have it at would definitely be Red Bud, just because of how crazy the fans are and 
like it is insane and me being american um with it being all about usa and yeah it was uh it was an amazing feeling for sure yeah, red, white, and blue, uh, right in the heart of things there. And those fans, like you said, are absolutely nuts. I'm sure they were hanging off the fences for you, knowing that you had a career best on your hands. Um, take us through that second moto. Um, like, uh, what what ended up uh, transpiring for you to not be able to uh, achieve the similar result in the second moto? Yeah, I'd, I'd gotten similar start, and I was behind my teammate Baggett um, and. I want to say I was sixth, maybe seventh. Um, and he had crashed in the first moto, um, like the section, the sweeper section before the leap. And I just went into it and tucked my front end and rattled myself um, quite a bit. I was a little blurry when I first got up. And I rode to the mechanics area, and I was just kind of like dazed a little bit. And my mechanic was just like, see if you can get points just – got to get some points and i uh i tried the best i could but i think i ended up 23rd yes um super disappointing um to have my best career best moto and then have possibly the worst moto of the year um on the same day extremely frustrating um but you know we got couple more rounds to, to try and do it again so uh i just keep telling myself you know you did it once you can do it again um the confidence has definitely gotten better um throughout each race and that uh that was a huge confidence builder for me for sure and you need the confidence when charging up and down those hills in millville i'm not too sure uh how, how often or if ever uh you competed there as an amateur but uh tell me a little bit about tackling that track as a pro, as a 450 pro, uh, that track gets gnarly. It gets uh, those those corn like the the bumps look huge, and uh, it seemed like the hill as you're coming down Mount Martin, um, like it was like survival on the way down, and then you have to basically uh, thread the needle to hit the line that you want to hit uh, as you finally finally get down to the bottom. What was that like? Yeah, that that big hill is crazy. Somebody came up to me after uh, the first moto and said that they had a radar gun on everyone and that we were going over 50 miles an hour down that thing. Holy. Which is insane because I was talking about it with them. Like, any little mistake and you have a crash going down that thing, no matter how the crash is, it's going to be bad. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's cool. I, uh... I think it's cool when the tracks have situations like that and, and the elevation change um, there is incredible. I grew up racing there a lot as an amateur, so uh, pretty familiar with the track, but uh, it was kind of weird this year. that It seems like they didn't dig it um, quite as deep as they normally do. Um, so some of the sections, like after the, the big downhill, there's like the S sections those weren't quite as ruddy as normal, uh, which was weird, but, uh, overall I think the track was really good. The sand rollers are a, uh, probably favorite for me out of all the tracks. So, uh, <laughs> well, why might that be? I mean, it might be the fact that I'm six, six. It might not. I, I don't know. Hey, they don't call you Big Ben for nothing. Uh, yeah, you're six, 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 and you use those long levers 
to your advantage getting through a section like that. And then, uh, yeah, that were the kind of dog legs to the, uh, to the left there. Uh, kind of one line. Did you run into any issues with uh, some lappers at all when you're going through there? I know that couldn't have been easy. Uh, I actually, I, everyone I talked to, all the racers I talked to said that it was so hard to pass in the rollers, and that was actually my place on the track where I knew if I got close enough to the, to the person in front of me going into the section that I could make the pass happen. Um, it was... I think it was more people were pretty much just going to the inside and the inside only, but I actually maybe went to the inside three times the, the entire motos, um, the outside line, you could just kind of let it hang out and charge into the corner a little better. Um, but I, I didn't think it was one line at all right there. Fair enough. Well, um, using the options necessary to make the passes and uh and not a bad day for you uh 10th overall uh uh it was 11 8 for uh for 10th overall and um maybe uh like not the uh moto scores you're looking for but a top 10 is obviously uh, on the uh on the checklist when it comes to rolling into any outdoor national yeah for sure it was uh the motos weren't the best but i i was very happy with the second moto i got a little tired at the end but uh First moto, I just had a stupid little mistake coming out of the rollers and and tucked my front end. But, uh, you know, I came back to 11th. I was pretty buried um, after my crash. I think it was second lap, maybe. Um, Then the second moto, I turned around and had a a much better ride. Um, I was was very happy with it. 10th overall is anytime you're in the top 10, it's, it's good just trying to keep my place in points and and try and catch Pike the best I can ahead of me. Absolutely, and I think you're you're only a couple of points behind him at the at the time. Or you're you're about tw- you're 24 points behind. You got you got three on Phil Nicoletti, so that's uh, you you, you got to put some uh, real estate between that yourself and that guy now that you're on si- uh, similar uh, machinery. But uh, coming up to some outdoor nationals that you're actually more familiar with from racing them last year, does that also uh, aid your uh, your confidence coming into these races, knowing that you've raced Washougal as a professional before, you've raced Ironman, you've raced Unadilla, and also uh, Bud's Creek? Yeah, definitely. Um, Washougal is, is one of my favorite tracks. Unadilla is my favorite track. Ironman is one of my favorite tracks. So... Uh, I'm really happy for this last stretch. Nice. Um, so if you're playing Fantasy Moto, Benny Bloss is your guy for the last four rounds, <laughs> five rounds. Five rounds. See, you can't be doing that. that no, I, I'm doing that. No, I, I, I yeah, had Ryan Sipes on two weeks ago. I was calling Moto wins. Come on now. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the whole fantasy things work out, but all I have people coming up to me all the time saying they chose me for fantasy. Please do good for me today. And I'm just like, you, like, you can't tell me that. No. Yeah. That's, uh. that's, that's the added pressure that you don't already need. Like I like basically I would just tell those people like, you know what? I was, I wasn't feeling any pressure rolling into today, but now I'm screwed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, if you want to pick me in fantasy, pick me. I think it's uh, – I have a lot of confidence going into these races. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm going – my goal for this weekend is to get through the first corner both times solid. I uh, do not have a good track record with the Washougal first turn. Okay. So 
that's the main goal, and then we'll go from there. So uh, why why do you say that uh, you um, you like Washougal so much? Why is that uh, a, a particular track that uh, you gravitate to? Uh, I want to say the hard pack. I grew up the track. The dirt is a lot like where I grew up riding. Okay, um, very hard packed, and I don't know. I just I I seem to do pretty decent there. Um, I think I got fifth in 2016 or maybe sixth, and then. Um, Last year was my second race back, and I maybe got 11th, possibly. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I just like the track flows really well, and it's, it's just one of my favorites. I really like it. Fair got the enough. whoops before the finish line. I like whoops those. before the finish line. That, to me, is always the coolest thing for Washougal. I don't know why. I think it's probably because I probably watched uh, Terra Firma, uh, the greatest hits volume one a million times. And I think they have, there's a video of Robbie Rayner just blitzing those things. Uh, and that's just got me hooked. And, and you can probably, and you, you can tell Robbie, I said that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that is just too cool. And also, yeah, a guy like yourself, you're pr- you're pretty good in the whoops. So, uh, it's, that's gotta be something that you enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, the last few rounds, uh, you're you're going to be uh, you're, you'll be clicking off those those moto uh, best scores, and as we had already mentioned, you're you're already calling podiums at at least three of these rounds. Um, but, whoa. Uh, <laughs> like, whoa! 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 Um, you know, I'm kidding, but uh, obviously, like you're 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 heading into uh, a, you're in a contract year. You're looking for work for 2019. Um, that's uh, these are the races you need to have your best showings. And uh, so, does that, that motivate you to crack the throttle, or does that uh, uh, create a little bit of nervousness on race day? How do you handle that? And uh, what are you looking forward to for 2019? Oh yeah, I uh, it's definitely motivation um, for me to know that it's contract season. Um, there's I think there's quite a few guys left that still don't have rides um me being one of them um i'm trying to figure my plans out uh as soon as possible i think that i you know i'd really like to stay with the same team so i'm trying to work out that deal but uh as of right now i don't have anything so just trying to go into these last races and put in as much effort as i can and hopefully have some more podiums like you said and it's uh I think some guys might get nerves from the extra added nerves from the, the contracts, but, uh, I don't know. It kind of, kind of feeds me, gives me motivation every day when I'm training and, um, just trying to work to be better. For sure. Obviously you want to put your best foot forward every single time you step on the, on the, the track, uh, like all your competitors, who, uh, who is it that you, most enjoy racing with uh when it comes to a battle obviously you're you're, uh, you found yourself uh basically tied at the hip with chad reed throughout the supercross season but who is it outdoors that you feel most comfortable uh flying in tight formation and uh and sticking a move in on uh out there on the track whether it be those uh, those regular top 10 guys um that's a hard decision there's there's really only one guy that I'm that I'm near a lot in outdoors, and it it's Phil. Fair um, enough. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I am. I guess. I guess I'd say him because Pulp MX is such a a big Phil fan, and actually this last weekend at Millville, he Phil 
I passed him in the rental car on the way to the track, put a little gap on him, and then next thing I know, here he comes around me, middle finger out the window, yep. just classic Phil. Um, I don't know, he's, he's, he's fun to race against, I guess. Absolutely. I think he was probably just telling you uh, that you're number one. And, uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it's just a little bit of friendly encouragement prior to uh, the race day. And, uh, yeah, you you and Phil, honestly, and two guys that probably go pretty good at Unadilla, so that should be good to watch. Yeah, definitely. I think that's his home track. I think um, so. My favorite track, so uh, hopefully we can have some battles there. Fair enough. So uh, um, last few questions for you before uh, we get going. It is Two-Stroke Tuesday on the day that we post this. This will be posted Tuesday morning, the 24th. Um, when was the last time you raced a two-stroke? Uh, did you ever race a 125 two-stroke growing up? And uh, and when you did so, were your knees above the handlebars? <laughs> last time I raced a two-stroke would probably be, I would say I was 14. Okay, so just the other day. I can't think of any other time. And I, I did race 125s only from age 12 to 14. Okay. Never so you, you, you've got some clutch slipping experience in your time. Yes, definitely. I've, I rode uh, Raynard's 125, I want to say last year, and it definitely reminded me to not get back on one. I was, I was quite terrible on it, actually. Fair enough. You might be more of a 250 two-stroke, maybe a, maybe a, a 300 kit in a uh, KTM uh, 250 two-stroke frame uh, might might suit you a little bit better. Definitely. I, uh, I've i ridden a Husky 300, and I don't know if KTM has a version of that. Oh, yeah, I would assume they do. Um, but I really, so I really want to race the GNCC and Ironman this year. Okay. I think it's, I want to say it's the weekend after Monster Cup. And I was, I was talking with a friend of mine who also is going to do it. Um, and we were talking about trying to get those bikes. Um, so hopefully I can find one and, uh, and race that. Well, I hope that you do are able to do that, and uh, that would be something to circle on the calendar, a track that uh, it incorporates the motocross track a little bit, right? Not not a, a whole bunch. Obviously, it's a short lap time, but it does go onto the motocross track a little bit or no? I think it does. I talked to a few of the riders that have done it, and they said that out of any round, that that one's one of the coolest um, with it, and I do believe it incorporates most of the track. Fair enough. Well, that may be something that we could look out for on the horizon for Benny Bloss. Benny, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we always appreciate your time, and uh, you're always a great interview. I know you've got a, t- a list of impressive sponsors, including Bubba Burger and uh, uh, and all that, so I'll give you this opportunity now to uh, to list off those awesome sponsors of yours, which uh, is a growing list, both uh, both on the team and your personal level. Yeah, definitely. Everyone from the whole team, Rocky Mountain, ATV, MC, WPS, KTM team, um, Fly Racing, Bubba Burger, Alpine Star, Scott Goggles, FMF, WP Suspension, Henson Racing, Dunlop Tires, um, Palmetto Motorsports, ASV Levers, Gear Alloys, SoCal Super Trucks, Pod Knee Braces, Garmin, uh, my trainer, Robbie Raynard, ODI, Engine Ice, 
my chiropractor, Steve Navarro, my girlfriend, my whole family, my mechanic, Derek, just everyone that supports me. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. And you, you just posted a picture about these uh, pod knee braces uh, coming out soon, the uh, pod K series. Uh, what what do you know that we don't? Um, I actually have I saw the brace at Colorado this year, and it's pretty incredible. Um, some new features that you'll have to look out for. I can't Ooh. I can't really say much about them. Um, just that they're next level as far as new braces go. Fair enough. When it comes to uh, protecting knees, it's probably uh, high on your list as you've got those uh, those those big feet hanging long out uh, uh, beside the motorcycle. So uh, you got to have those things pretty secure. Definitely, definitely. They're by far the best knee braces I've ever tried. So uh, if you're looking to protect your knees right, go get you a pair. Check out Pod. All right, cool. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on this pod to talk about those pods. Um, as always, appreciate the time, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.